All right, Ruthanne, welcome to Talk CDL. Welcome, welcome. I was uh, doing a little thinking this morning. I'm trying to think what you would be thinking about. No, I mean, it's just weird, but I was thinking about how, you know how I use the term, I use trucker terms for the things I do. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. And and you understand my ling- my lingo. Like, if I'm going to the bathroom, what do I say? Taking a dump. Or backing in the dock, sorry. I'm either backing it into the dock or I'm taking a dump. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, I just, it's just not, not good lingo to me. <laughs> backing in a dock, I can handle. <laughs> ba- backing in the dock, you can handle. <laughs> like if I said I had a parcel load or an LTL load or it's a full truck load, you understand what I'm doing. I understand completely. Yeah. Um, well, so, but what, it wasn't me that I was thinking, I was thinking about you, how like <laughs> everything you say is, is like, it's like, you make it sound cute. Like you don't say backing the dock. You say, I'm going to go poopy. I gotta go poop. No, you say poopy. Sometimes. <laughs> right. And so even something as gross as taking a dump <laughs> doesn't sound that bad when you say it. You know, well, that's good. It's a little bit more elegant, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you know, see, as a guy, you know, what I mean, especially a, a guy that drove truck, you know, you just, you know, it's like that's the way guys talk. You know, we we do those things, and it 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 doesn't bother. Now there are some guys that get bothered by it. Yeah, they, well, they don't see a woman being able to do the same functions as a guy. I mean, we pretty much do almost all the same functions. We just can't stand and pee. I mean, we can. It just doesn't turn out as good. <laughs> what a conversation. No, what I was saying is there's some guys that even get bothered by a guy saying, hey, i got to take a dump. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot, honestly, I think it, it depends on how they are raised. If they're raised with, like, mainly women in their life, then sometimes they get more bothered with it. Or if they're raised with a, a father that was extremely strict, they have they, they don't have that humor to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was just kind of thinking about, you know, how in the truck. And there's nothing wrong with a guy not talking that way. I'm just going to say it right now. So it's okay if a guy says I got to go poopy. It depends on how they're saying it. If, for real, you really. If they're w- being w- like a joke, it's what I'm saying. No, is is Can a you, guy just doesn't have to go through the whole extreme of it. If he wanted to say, I gotta go poop. I I can't see somebody at the TA with a big beard, turning to, you know. Uh, maybe, you know, in the lounge, let's just say you got a couple guys in the lounge, you know, or sitting at the restaurant, if there was a restaurant. No, they're taking I, them out now. Remember, we're, they're only replacing them with those crappy McDonald's. I can't picture the truck driver looking at the other truckers and saying, I got to go take a poopy. <laughs> Honestly, I can see a trucker doing that. I can't. I can one. One that's very secure in his own manhood. Okay. Well, like I said, I, I don't see it happening. But listen, moving on, um, welcome to the show, by the way. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I've got a story or two I wanted to talk about today um, and a couple other things in the industry, the uh, trucking industry. What an industry we're in. You know, that you ever really stop to think about the trucking industry. It's It's actually... It's own little world. Yeah. I mean, it is, there's so many people that work in the industry, you know, in the offices, um, from shippers to receivers, to drivers, to manufacturers, 
you know what I mean? It's, it's really not like this small little private industry um, that people, you know, don't really know much about. I mean, really, the, the industry is just insane when you think about it. You think about, like, the operations of Monday through Friday, and some drivers are driving, you know, seven days a week. But, you know, you think about this. I would be willing to bet, this is just my opinion, I would be willing to bet that 95 to 100% of everybody in the trucking industry on a Friday afternoon is feeling good to go home and not have to think about the hustle and the bustle that we go through. You know, if you're a driver, you know you what you put up with. You know, if you're a truck driver, getting home for the weekend, you just, if you're a driver, you just got home and, and you just put up with, you know, um, being told what to do all week, here, go there, go here, go there. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, okay? There's nothing wrong with, you know, taking orders, you know, if you're a team player. But it's just constantly on the go. And, and that, what I mean by that is you're driving, but yet are you on time? People are, 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 are calling you. You're watching the clock. You're maybe tired. But then also you've got way stations that are open, right? And, and you have to pull in and, you know, hopefully not get a ticket, you know, or hopefully not get held up mm-hmm. by, you know, a, a, a level four inspection. Uh, you've got uh, weather, snow, ice, rain, and, you know, all this wears, I mean, what I'm saying is if you're a truck driver, this stuff wears you out. You've got all that going against you. You've got four-wheelers cutting you off all day long, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said, you got the worry of being on time. And then I'll tell you something, something that I used to worry about. When I was a driver, what I used to worry about a lot was, are they going to get me home for the weekend? You know, um, if you remember our, our, the last job I worked at, it was a company called Elderlight. They're mm-hmm. no longer in business. And, and I used to haul caskets. And when I first started, they promised me I'd be home every weekend. Yeah. You remember that? I do. Well, after about a month, it started going, it started with the, can you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be the end of the week. I'm, I'm looking forward to coming home. You know, that's why I'd taken that job. And it, it became, can you do me a favor? Can you do me a favor? Mm -hmm. And so three years later, I'm still there. And the only time I got home every, every weekend was the first month or two that we started three years prior. Mm -hmm. So even if you're out two weeks or you're out three weeks, you're out four weeks, that's stressful thinking, okay, are they going to come up with an excuse to keep me out? Are they, is something going to happen? Is, is something going to hold me up with the shipper or the receiver? Especially, I'll tell you, especially if you have an actual appointment or something planned back at home. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It even gets more stressful. You know what? Like I said, you add up all the things that the the driver puts up with, uh, uh, with, with, um, being on time and, 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 you know, uh, dealing with your dispatcher, dealing with shippers, dealing with receivers, dealing with the way station and DOT. And then on top of all that, you got mama at home crying. She misses you. The kids miss you. And then at the end of, at the end of your time, when you're supposed to go home, a lot of drivers got it in the back of their mind. Boy, I sure hope something doesn't happen. 
and then voila, something happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and at that point, you have no choice but to do what has to be done instead of getting what you would like by, by going home. Now it's the scramble of rescheduling that appointment or canceling your plans with the family or, you know, at one point, you know, one of your, your cousins literally disowned you in a matter of speaking because you couldn't make it to her wedding. So there's so many things that go on where your family, not just the mama at home, but sometimes it's the whole family shrub, you know, I can't say tree because there's too many usually, but the whole unit, because there might've been a really big function that they were expecting you to be there for it. Yeah. And if you got somebody that disowns you, <laughs> good luck, <laughs> good luck to them. You know what I mean? If, if they can't understand when something comes up, but yeah, that's, 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 that's why I was saying on a Friday or when you're due home as a truck driver, that's gotta be like, such relief. Even though we love the driving part, it's got to be crazy relief knowing that I am going to be home and not having to deal with all this garbage right now for a couple, two, three, four days off. I just want to put my mind at home, eating my favorite pizza, being with my wife, you know, petting a dog, whatever the case is. And not having the stress of everything on top. That's what, that's what a driver puts up with. And, and, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Now, think about this, though. Now, you're a dispatcher, right? Mm-hmm. Now, think, think about this. We all know how the industry is, right? And we're all human beings. Dispatcher is. The truck driver is. And it's, trub- it, it's no secret that every week it's really a lot of garbage, a lot of trouble, Something's always holding up the load, a breakdown, a driver maybe overslept. Um, you know, even the broker doesn't, if, if you're doing broker loads, he doesn't communicate right. Or, or I'll tell you, one of the things truck drivers really hate is when you call in and you can't get a hold of somebody to talk to. That's a nightmare also. But just think about if you're a dispatcher and let's say you have 20 to 40 drivers on your board and you've got now, you know how I am. I can be a little difficult, right? Sometimes. Just just a smidgen sometimes. Just a smidgen, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, you're, you're just kidding. It, I can be very difficult. It's it's the smidgen that you cannot be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so the smidgens, okay. So um, what I was going to say is, imagine having 20 Troys for a on your board that you got to deal with every day. You're the dispatcher. You got to deal with 20 of me. Mm. Um, I want, when I'm a driver, I want to get the load off early and I don't want to be waiting five, six hours for you to get me a load. And you know, damn well, what happens with a lot of drivers because time is money. Time is money. And when you're sitting there and even if you're getting say, an hour detention pay. Okay, at least you're getting something. But you're losing a lot of money by not driving. Mm -hmm. And it also offsets your hours. Like if you get a load that, you know, was going to be a day and a half to get there. Well, if, if you don't get loaded till the end of the day, now instead of being able to deliver tomorrow, 
Because tomorrow equals a day and a half. If I get unloaded at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning and I get reloaded, tomorrow afternoon, okay, I can still deliver. But if, 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 I'm, if the driver's held up till the end of the day or even into the evening and he's got a day and a half drive on his, on his log, mm-hmm. guess what? Now he can't deliver till the day after. So technically, yeah, you gave him, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, 80 bucks to sit for the day. But a truck driver should be making at least at least 300 bucks a day, minimum. I'm just saying as a company driver, not a lease driver, I'm just saying if you're a regular company driver, you should be making at least 300 bucks a day, okay? And and that's, and that's that equals, you know, if you're a regional driver, 1,500 bucks minus taxes really ain't a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you sit for, you know, four, six, eight hours and all you get is like 80 to 100 bucks out of it, you've lost hundreds of dollars and you can't make that up, especially if you're going home for the weekend. So then a guy like me, I'm bitching. Am I not? No, you'll be. Well, I'd be bitching pretty good. Yes, you would. And so imagine 20 Troys. No, I'm having a hard time with that. It hurts. Okay, let's play it. You're dispatcher. Ruthanne, where's my load? I quit. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> and, and, you know, I probably wouldn't drive a dispatcher to quit or fire me. But, now again, you know, so. It's the pre-planning that you have to really. As a dispatcher, you have to try and pre-plan as best as you can, and it can be very difficult if your customers aren't ready for you. So it goes in a really big circle. I mean, I could pre-plan all I want and know where your next next two stops are going to end up being, but if I don't have the um, customer backing me up and and reassuring me yes we're ready for for your driver that load's not going to go out properly because we're not gonna there's a miscommunication in the industry and and you see that's exactly what i was getting at even though you have you have these drivers they're ready to go mm-hmm. you, you have 20 troys they're breathing down your throat okay so not only not only does the trucker and i look i'm a truck driver so you know, I know what that's like, but I also have seen and worked alongside dispatchers and yeah, they get to go home at five o'clock and barbecue and be with their family, but that's the life they chose. It's the life we chose Mm -hmm. to stay out. But if you think about a dispatcher that has about 20 Troys down his throat and it really isn't the dispatcher's fault because, like you said, maybe the shipper isn't ready. Maybe the receiver's not ready. Mm-hmm. Just something, things happen. And the problem with trucking is they happen every damn day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they happen a lot. And so... Even the truck issue. So so the whole point is, imagine a Friday and you're a dispatcher. <laughs> I'm coming home, honey. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm barbecuing. And, and, you know, some of these guys, a lot of these guys actually... They have to have their cell phone with them. Mm-hmm. They have a work phone. Yeah. So a lot of these guys, believe it or not, a lot of dispatchers, operations managers, safety directors, they get phone calls at 10, 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. So so it's not like it's not like they've got this candy-ass job compared to us drivers. I wouldn't want to be a safety director either. Never. I, I wouldn't want to be in the operations department. Mm-mm. That's the go-to-hell FU uh, room where everybody's in there fighting. Drivers are fighting back and forth, and people are trying to get freight moved. And it is it is this crazy mixture of nightmares. Mm-hmm. And everybody, 
everybody's got to re- start realizing that we're all a team and that, you know what, my job isn't any easier or harder than the guy that's sitting across the desk or that's out there driving the truck. Everybody's got a tough job. And when the weekend comes, believe me, it feels good. I would agree. I would agree. It feels good. It's I mean, a- everybody just feels good when a Friday comes. You know, I think even drivers sometimes will feel better that a Friday came because there's less work traffic out there and they feel that they actually can move around in the road without having as many um, four wheelers there because unless there's they're on major travel interstates, that's different than that never stay at Lowe's. But but you're right on the weekends. It is it is better uh, travel. But that's all I wanted to say. You know, it's it's a uh, it's a tough industry. For everybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I know as drivers, we sometimes think that we have the harder job. And we sometimes think that, um, you know, everybody don't understand us. But a lot of times people that are in the office also drove a truck. And a lot of them do understand. It's, it's, when, they, it's when you have a company that you're working for that has absolutely no concept of how the driver feels out there on the road that kind of... It's a little tougher, I think, to work for because they're trying to tell you what to do and mm-hmm. they've never really done it before. And sometimes they're asking you to do things that you know really can't be done, mm-hmm. okay? But in their mind on paper and their mind, think, you know, it can be done. You know, for example, they might say, well, it, it's only 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We need this load by morning. And, and you're in downtown Atlanta. knowing that it's going to take a long time just to be loaded. Just to get out of Atlanta. (laughs) Exactly. If you're like near a giant city, you know, just because the miles don't, you know, it looks like on paper Mm -hmm. things could really happen. I'm going to run out of hours here in this city and I'm going to get me some sleep. And a lot of, a lot of, a lot of folks that's never driven a truck before, they don't take that in consideration. So I guess what I was really trying to say is, the job we got to start realizing as a team i think the industry could be better if we start looking at each other's job like you know what you don't have it easy either buddy dispatcher you don't have it easy truck driver you don't have it easy safety director you don't have it easy you know and, and even the owner you know the, the all these all these people that are in the industry they have pressure like no pressure that i've ever seen in any other industry and so you know that's my message today start start realizing what the guy uh, that's working across the desk from you, he's going through. Ruthann, moving on, let's talk about some sponsors. We would like to thank them all. Yes, and today we're brought to you by National Carriers. Call them at 888-311-7076. They're looking for lease, company, and student drivers. Mm -hmm. We're also brought to you by Carter Lumber. Carter Lumber. Go to carterlumber.com forward slash talkcdl. And fill out their little application, and they will get you on if you're a Class A or a Class B driver for local work only. Mm-hmm. That's carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. Ruthann, we're also brought to you by DriveWise, D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E. And they are a, in fact, I was talking to a trucking company. I'll say this real quick. They literally said, hey, Troy, we just picked up DriveWise. They've got like 60 trucks. And he said, we just saved like almost $10 per truck by switching from the other company over to DriveWise. Sweet. Yeah. So, and if you want to, if you want to bypass scales and it's a really app based, easy program, Mm -hmm. drivewise.com, D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E. And last but not least, we're uh, brought to you by uh, LoadSmart's Camion's Break Even Calculator. And if you go to Camion, that's K-A-M-I-O-N, 
kamcast.io forward slash talk cdl say it one more time k-a-m as in michael i-o-n as in nancy dot i-o forward slash talk cdl and download the free break even calculator and i almost forgot driving dash test.org guarantees you to pass your cdl or your money back it's like 50 bucks 49.95 for a month mm-hmm. and they guarantee it go to driving-test.org and check them out today Ruthann Joy got a story okay it's an interesting story and speaking of driving tests it, um I, this is about a driving school mm-hmm. and a driver or a, a wannabe driver uh, uh, here's what here's what I wrote okay uh, it says a man recently enrolled in a CDL school the guy paid like over seven grand, okay, um, while he was getting road time. You know, like when you're in the trucking school, you get classroom, you get um, uh, what they call skid training. You get, you know, you're usually out in this big parking lot area where you're doing backup maneuvers and, and learning all kind of things. And then you also get road time. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to assume because, you know, I wasn't trained in a school that... You, it's because you're with a trainer and you're going down the road and he's just kind of like going through the, the town or the city where you're at. You're not going distances or are you going distances? No, no, not really. Um, if you're at a trucking school, you're, I, I don't know what. Like within a 60 mile radius type of thing? I, I would even venture to say probably within a 10, 15 mile radius. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't really see schools going out too far. Now, there may be some schools that take you especially if they're near an interstate, maybe they take you 20 miles down and 20 miles back. But, you know, when you just get on an interstate, they're really, I mean, yes, you do need to, you do, you do need to have your students go up to, you know, the proper speeds, the higher speeds in the industry so they can get used to those interstate speeds. But the maneuvering really comes, like you said, from in cities, going in town, stopping at red lights, changing lanes. You know, Sometimes moving your tandems. Yeah, well, well I'm just talking about being... Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm just talking about being out on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the basic maneuvers of everyday driving, um, just like, like almost like a local driver. I mean, if you can be a city driver, you can just about do anything mm-hmm. as far as maneuvering goes. Cause those guys are, you know, always maneuvering. But, but the bottom line is the trainer is supposed to be in the truck, um, watching you, giving you direction, making sure that you don't do anything, you know, it's going to hurt yourself or the truck or the him like you do when you're teaching your child with their permit right well while this guy this student was on the road with his train the, the school instructor let's we won't call it a trainer trainers are at trucking companies okay. while he was with his instructor okay the instructor fell asleep so he wasn't instructing him oh he was snoring hmm that's it happened just about every time the instructor took him out, not just once. It was nappy time. Right. So so the student recorded it. Good. Good, because if something would have happened, the student would have proof that he didn't know what to do. On a side note. That's what you're I, paying them for. Yeah, well, let me just say this on a side note. He shouldn't be pulling out his phone recording. Not while he was driving. Well, that's when he did it. He did it while he was... Well, I mean, how if you come to a stop, the, the guy might wake up. But 
the truck had inward facing cameras. Most schools do that now, you know, so they they want to see how their instructors are doing. They want to make sure everything's going right. So this company had an inward, this school had an inward facing camera? Yeah, they had cameras, but the, the, the student pulled out his phone and recorded it a bunch of times. And I, I'm going to say this. I don't blame the, the student because what if you go to the school and you tell them this and they start worrying about, oh, we're going to get a bad reputation now if this gets out on the Internet, blah, 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 blah. So maybe they try to hide it and and, and erase it, but, mm-hmm. you know, come back and, you know, still maybe make them do something positive for the student, but also cover it up. And so he, I believe if it was me, I would have probably done the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, would I would have, have too. You, you pick out your phone to answer it usually. Yeah. And if, you know, most of your phones, both the Droid and the Apple, mm-hmm. they are a lot of voice activating. So so he finally takes his, his, his driving test and he fails. Well, I can see because he wasn't instructed while he was driving. Right. Well, well, that's what really what the story says. He was pissed. So what did he do? He went up to the office and said, now I want to show you this video mm-hmm. to his boss. And the uh, school was then pissed off mm-hmm. at him for recording. So they, they said, they said, um, you shouldn't have been doing this. And, you know, rightfully, he, they, they said, basically, because we have recorders in the truck, we could have taken care of this. But they didn't. Correct. Yes, speaking to the mic a little better. So, the next day, I guess, they must have told, they must have had words with the instructor. And, and if you think about this, the next day, they get into an altercation in the parking lot. Be, this, the instructor comes at the student, and they get into an altercation. He even put his hands on him. Well, that's not good. Correct. And so, <sighs> craziness, they fired the instructor, right? Well, he wasn't instructing, so he wasn't performing his job. Right. And they fire, or they, they dismiss the student. Well, the student paid for their services that need to be finished. Exactly. Well, he did. Com- you got to realize if, if you get to the point where you're taking your test, you finish the school. Okay. You finish the school. But before we go on to that, something before I forget it, and it d- didn't dawn on me when I was looking at this earlier. The, if it says the next day they, they get into an argument, that means after knowing the instructor slept all those times they didn't fire him over sleeping. Think about that. You know what I'm saying? He came into work the next day. Yeah, he was coming to work the next day. He, was, he wasn't fired. He only got fired after the altercation because they don't want any kind of violence or, you know, fighting or scuffling going on in the school. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. But they, what do they do? They, they come back and they, they must have said, okay, you need to stay awake. Take, drink some coffee. I don't know what the hell they said to him, but it's like... They did something enough to make the guy want to go and confront the 
student. So he, maybe he got penalized or got put on probation or got a pay deduction, something that... We don't know that. Yeah. All we know is he wasn't fired for wasn't. sleeping, not once, but every single, just about every single time he's out on the road with somebody, he just goes to bed and lets them drive while he's being paid. And out of all people to fall asleep, an instructor is not the guy that should be doing that. No, 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 no. So the next day he gets fired for for the act for the you know altercation. Fighting. Right. I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't say if they were fist fighting or what. But I didn't say fist fighting. I said well, fighting. I'm just, well, no, I didn't say you did. I'm okay. just saying that that the the way it was worded, you know, the guy, I guess, had grabbed him. So, but anyway, so they they dismissed the student. Okay. And they offer him, like, the amount of money to retest. That's it. So this is what I want to talk about for a second. Well, they offered him something at least to retest it because he did go through the whole schooling portion and was at the final end. So he didn't need the schooling portion again. Okay, I get that. But here's the problem. If he goes and tests somewhere else, most likely he's not getting the school certificate that shows that he successfully completed and passed his CDL. Really? I mean, I don't think so. I don't know. Hmm. Well, then they should have obligated it at their school. You know what I mean? They should have obligated it and, and completed it to where he would have gotten the certificate at their school, if that's the way it is, is where if you go to another school for the final test. Right. So the, the, the testing school didn't teach you, so they can't give you a certificate. So what I'm getting at is if he did not get the certificate, that's the worst part of, of about it. That, yeah. Out of everything that comes out of this as a nightmare for this guy, I don't think he realized that I would have I would have went in there and asked, am I still going to get a certificate showing I completed? Mm-hmm. Because if he doesn't, you already know nobody will hire him. No, no one will. Well, you might find like some one or two companies. But if you go to a trucking school and you don't have at least a certificate showing 120 hours, 120 to, they really want 160, 180, but a lot of them now will accept like 120, 120 hours of, of certified trucking school. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that certification or you don't have a school that will verify you were there doing that, you're just about, you're just about up a creek without a paddle because most, they need this for their insurance showing that you were trained you understand what I mean? Yes. Well, I know you do. Yeah, I do. So. My nose is itchy. That means you're going to get in a fight. <laughs> Must have been that altercation talking. No, and think about it. So my advice is if you're going to, if you're out there right now looking to get your CDL, make sure a couple things. Number one, if you're going to a school, make sure it's not one of those schools that you got to pay them off before you get your certificate. There are schools that do that. And so I think you need to find some way of getting it financed to be able to get the school paid because there's no sense. There's no sense in um, going to that school if you're not going to come out of it with a certificate. No, it's I would. And that would be one of the first questions you ask them, like when you're asking them questions about 
how they do their process, make sure that's one of them that you ask them is when I'm at the end of my schooling and I pass my test, do I walk away with everything? Or if something happens and I have to be retested, you know, am I going to get my certificate that I completed the school part? Exactly. And then here's the other piece of advice I have. If you're thinking of going to one of these trucking schools, I'll, I'll name them. CR England, CRST, um, Swift, Snyder. I think Prime is another one. Snyder, Swift. All these companies will actually, excuse me, all these companies will actually train you for free up front. Let's say it that way. For free up front. And they'll give you a job. You have to complete normally upwards of a year working for them. So what happens is most of these guys, they go into these schools and they hate the companies, not because of the company, but because the wages of a student aren't that high. They only get like maybe two months in and they hate it. Right. So, and I'm not saying these companies are bad. I'm just saying when you sign up, If you read the fine print, it's showing that you're going to make such and such money. And then a lot of these guys, they get on the CBs or in the truck stops and they start hearing how much a guy with experience is making and they end up quitting thinking they're going to go get another job. Mm -hmm. And then here's the problem. CR England, CRST, all these trucking companies have a contract with you. So when, let's say you, let's say you're uh, with CRST and you, and you go and you say, to another trucking company. I want to come work for you. And you quit CRST thinking you're going to get another job. And then when you apply, let's say you apply with um, ABC Trucking. ABC Trucking is now going to send a reference sheet over to CRST. And CRST is going to reply saying, driver's under contract. They will not even say that you drove there or were trained there and they've got to hear that you were trained there and that you completed the training in order for them to be able to hire you at the next company. So what happens is you end up screwing yourself by quitting because you don't like the the wages that you already agreed to. So unless you have the strength to, to complete your contract, I would not go with one of these big trucking companies, Ruthann. I wouldn't either. I mean, not only that, but they purposely like, and, and that's one of the things that some drivers don't understand is say a student and um, I'm only using just, just plain numbers, not I'm using simple numbers. Say they're getting 30 cents a mile, 15 cents of that, almost half of it goes back to the trucking company. They don't actually get like, like if they normally, n- not that part, um, a normal starting wage might be 30 cents a mile, but the, the trainee is getting less than the, the normal starting wage because they have to pay all that schooling back. You know what I'm saying? That's how they do some of them. Yeah, well, well, they just, they give them a low wage is what they do. Right, an extremely lower wage, a lower wage than what a normal starting wage is for a driver that's coming in is what I'm trying to say. They don't start them out at the same as everybody else. Right. Well, the, exactly. Yeah, they don't. They don't get 30 cents and give 15 back. I, I don't think you meant that. No. They get they just get a lower wage than everybody in the industry. And and 
look, let's be honest with each other. I want to tell you something. Student drivers and drivers that have less than a year experience, the statistics show that those guys cost companies more money than the guy that has the experience. They're more likely to back into something. They're more likely to catch an awning at a shipper. They're a lot more likely to, you know, uh, take a, a turn too sharp and hook onto something and, and destroy stuff. It's a proven fact. A guy with less than a year experience is not, statistically, is not going to, be, uh, I don't want to say worth more money because like everybody's worth money. I'm just saying in the eyes of a trucking company, they already know statistically they have to pay out more claims and fix more things because of a guy that has They're more of an expense. And look, I'm not knocking these guys. We were all, I was every, every truck driver out there at one time had less than a year experience and he was, his salary was not worth the same as the guy that has five, 10, 15 years that understands. And he's really a hardcore good truck driver. There's absolutely, there's no comparison. So that's why these guys get offered this low wage. So if you're coming into the industry, you got to know, you know, you guys are seeing, the problem, Ruthann, is they're seeing these big, giant um, wages that other guys are out there bragging. I'm making all this money, right? And 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 so the guy that doesn't have any experience, he's won it. I've I've talked to a couple of trucking companies this week. Now, literally, <laughs> I won't say who I was talking to, but they were telling me a couple of stories. They said, "Well, we were talking. You wouldn't believe some of these guys that are just coming out of school." Or a guy that like says has only two three months experience, right? And he'll he'll yeah okay I'm up for it. He'll call he'll call a trucking company and he'll try to haggle his wage. He'll say I ain't taking le- less than seventy seventy five cents a mile, and he doesn't realize he's not worth seventy five cents a mile. He's not worth and listen uh, and I should say this because our podcast Lord willing to be being heard in 20 years from now and 70 cents will probably be a joke. But so in 2022, okay, they're hearing truck drivers that are just fresh out of school telling these big trucking companies that they're going to apply with that they need 70 cents a mile. And the reason they're saying this is because they're hearing other truck drivers bragging about some of their wages and they naturally think that they're going to get this 70 cents a mile wage and they're not going to get it. Nobody's going to pay a guy fresh out of school 70 cents unless it's some desperate, very desperate, nasty trucking company. And that's just a fact. And then what will happen is they'll want to take that chance and grab you just because they are desperate, but their insurance company is going to be fighting with them. Yeah, insur- their insurance companies really write the policies for these companies. So, you know, most of these, especially your small companies, all right, they need like two years experience, usually those guys. So to demand these crazy wages when you're a student, it's the f- it's a fact. And that's why, you know, this all started with us saying, if you're a student, don't go to these big giant trucking companies that are going to offer you, you know, and, and again, um, 30, 40, whatever, whatever the sense is that they're offering students today, okay, if, if two months later, that ain't going to be good enough for you because odds are you're going to have a really hard time finding a job with a, prof- a company because of the, their insurance company and because of what you need. And that's early. That's why it's better to honestly go to a school if you can, get your grants like Troy's mentioned before. There's places... That will, you know, the government gives you many grants and um, especially, I know, women 
will get them because they not only love women in the transportation industry, but also they want to see women get out and do and get and learn certain things because of the fact that they'd rather them out doing work than at home collecting welfare or any other kind of form of assistance. That way they want women to get out and do things. So they want them to be able to be out there. They also want it for the men as far as getting out. So if you go to some of the assistance programs, they will help pay for these schoolings because they don't want to see you at home doing nothing. They want you to get an education. They want you to get something that they would consider a professional job. So there's no excuses. The only excuse that you can have that you cannot go to school and become a truck driver is if your MVR is that bad that they don't want you on the road with a truck. Right. Yeah. And that's another thing. That's a whole nother conversation we can get into about that. Yeah. And we're not going to get into that today, but so, you know, bottom line with, with, with this guys and gals, if you're getting your CDL, like Ruth Ann just said, the best thing to do is go to a school that will, that has like, you know, these services that will lend you the money get it paid for, and then you can just make payments to them. And then when you come out of school, you can actually pick the trucking company you want to go with. Mm -hmm. Maybe you want to go with CRST. Maybe you want to go with CR England. Maybe you want to go with um, national carriers. They, they, they'll take a student. But the bottom line is, okay, these mega companies, I'm talking mega companies that will trade train you rather for your CDL. If you don't have... Honestly, the mentality to work for the wage you're agreeing to in the beginning, then don't sign up. You know, Ruthann, I would be willing to bet it's a minimum of 80% of those guys that go to these big giant trucking schools, okay, probably 80% of them or even maybe more don't complete the contract. And then they're out there calling companies and crying because they thought, because they have, once you have that class A CDL in your pocket, that doesn't mean diddly crap. If you don't have at least one year reference behind it, that some, a trucking company's insurance can say, okay, we see the verified experience. Okay. If you don't have that legitimate experience, Guys, stay at that job and tough it out. Yeah, the first year sucks. But if you put that one year in, I promise you're going to have a lot of companies after you. And you'll oh, get... Oh, yeah. yeah. Because not only that, but let's put it this way. Companies, even though a lot of people know there are certain companies that have bad reputations, especially these large schooling... I mean, CR England doesn't have the greatest of reputations when it comes to certain um, drivers. But a company... If you're sitting there and said, yeah, I went through CRE in England's schooling and they're like, oh, wow, you did. You get your con, you know, did you fulfill your contract? You know, these, these recruiters are going to ask these questions. Do you have your certificate? Did you fulfill your con contract? They're going to ask that. And if you said, yes, I did, they're going to have more respect for you, honestly, because you actually completed something that you signed up for, no matter how horrible it might've been at one point or another, you completed it. And they have respect for that, that you actually completed this whole nine months or whatever it would have been with that contract. See, now there's the difference between a female podcaster and a male. <laughs> okay. Like I would have never said that the recruiters are going to have respect for you. Drivers are out there going, I don't give fly one flying crap. If a recruit, a recruiter. <laughs> wow. Now there's a new name. There's Everybody's going to be calling them rescrewers. No, 
<laughs> no, if if a recruiter has respect for me or not, really the bottom line is what I think Ruth Ann was more wanting to say is um, if you complete all that, then everybody's going to want to hire you. You won't even have a blink of an eye. They're going to be after you like crazy. But as soon as they find out if that you didn't complete it, you're screwed. That's all it's to it. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on with this, Ruth Ann. This is we're beating a dead horse, but that's just some advice for all you people out there. Oh, one last piece of advice I'd like to tell them, Ruth Ann. Here's the one thing that a lot of these trucking companies, the big mega carriers, are doing. Okay, and I'm gonna start mentioning this on on the podcast because a lot of guys are getting screwed this way. Well, I shouldn't say they're getting screwed because realistically, okay they're still obligated to keep their word. But what happens is you go to these big giant trucking companies and you sign up for the school. You know what they do? They, they do a digital signing. Everything's digital now. And so what happens is you don't end up getting the, a copy of the one paper you need. And that's the one, when you complete the, your actual training with your trainer, they, you have to sign for that. And you have to sign... To be hired, your next contract is, is you going and working for them. So what happens is, as a student, and I know this for a fact, Ruth, and you know why? Because I've talked to trucking companies that hire students, and they always tell me, well, the, the school, the, the, like CR England and CRST and all these other big giant companies, they are not giving these guys their copy of the contract, and by law, you have a right to everything you've ever signed in your life. And so what happens is you complete the training program and then they do a digital signature and you never get that one paper showing you completed. Because if you have that showing you completed training with that school, like, for example, CRST or CR England, if you have the copy that shows you completed with your trainer, guess what? Then you'll get hires. Everybody will hire because they can prove that you went to a trucking school. That's just, and that's the one thing that they're not giving you guys. I'm going to start mentioning that. I mean, it's the truth. It is the truth. It is. It is the truth. You know, I mean, I don't blame them for that. But at the same time, you know what? You have a right to everything you've signed. Yeah. Make, so make sure you ask for all your copies. Ask for a copy of your certificate and make sure that your hours are there. Yeah. Make sure. Guys, if you're really realistically signing up for these trucking schools, make sure you 100% get a copy of everything you sign. And then in about three weeks after you're done uh, driving with your trainer, make sure that one there that you get, that you sign, you get a copy of that because if you don't and you quit, that's where the problems start because you don't have any proof that you were trained. That's why the other companies can't hire you (laughs) bottom line. So moving on. Moving on. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much, you know, done uh, the podcast today. If you, you have your word of the day. I, I do. Mean, yeah. I do. I have my word of the day. And I actually have an interesting fact. And I only say this only because sometimes interesting facts are good to know. So. Well, let's, let's hear it. Okay. So we all know our planets, right? We got Earth. We've got Jupiter, Saturn, Mars, all the planets, right? Sure. Okay. Well, Jupiter is one of the bigger planets. And, um, we all know that they all have like markings on them. You know, Saturn has its rings, um, the moon's craters. Well, Jupiter has this great big red spot on it. That red spot is bigger than the earth. Wow. Just to give you an idea, that red spot is a storm on Jupiter. 
it's like a cyclone or a hurricane in retrospect of what we would consider it. But I just thought I'd let everyone know that that big red spot on Jupiter that you might see in a picture or whatever is actually bigger than the Earth. It's like 10,000 miles wide. And um, now every time you move, you're shaking the camera. Yeah. It's only because my hand was on the thing. Yeah, you've been doing that the whole podcast. Mm-mm. Oh, trust me. me. I've been watching it. <laughs> I was watching it too. <laughs> but that's okay. Don't, no so, worries. Anyways, um, just to give everybody an idea. And and in 2021 is when we're starting to find out all this information from the Juno mission. So, wow. Yeah, the Juno mission. Juno mission. Yep. Nice so. fact. I, you know what's crazy? Mm-hmm. That that red spot's an actual storm bigger than the planet. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I wonder what the winds are. You, um, you know what I mean? Like what kind of... Cyclone winds, do they have, you have that? The winds of this particular storm reach 400 miles per hour. No one's entirely sure why it's red, although one theory suggests that the color has to do with the chemicals being shattered apart by sunlight in the planet's upper atmosphere, making the solar system's largest storm slightly less imposing. But no less fascinating is the fact that it is shrinking at a rate of about 580 miles per year. That adds up to quite a bit. The Great Red Spot was closer to 30,000 miles long in the late 19th century, nearly three times the current size, and some believe it could vanish entirely within 20 years. Wow, that's pretty cool. Moving on. Moving on. Got the word of the day? I do. What is it? And the word of the day is by Word Genius, by the way. Makes us smarter. Get a word every day. It's free download. Go to it. Word Genius. Word genius. Anthropoglot. What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah. Anthropoglot. Anthropobot? Anthropoglot. Oh. A N T H R O. Anthro. P O G L O T. Anthro. Anthro. Yep, there I go. Here, I'm going to play it again. Anthropoglot. Anthropoglot. There it is. What does it mean? It is an animal, like a parrot, whose tongue is similar to a human tongue, making possible sounds similar to human speech. So if it's an animal that can that can make sounds to, to mimic a human like speech. Like a macaw? Mm-hmm. That's an anthropoglot. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll never remember that word. <laughs> it was you, a tough one, wasn't it? Yeah, you, you, brought the, you brought the wrong word of the day in today because... I doubt anybody. Well, you know what? There's some drivers that are pretty intelligent. I'm not one of them that would ever remember anthropoglot. Well, here's, here's the scenario. All right, drivers, you're out on a date with someone new and you are talking. She's starting to talk about her bird and how it can talk. You could say, oh, it's an anthropoglot. And that will stun her and she'll be hooked right then. Yeah, either that or scared. <laughs> All right. Hooked, hooked. All right, we're out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.